I grew up in South Florida, born to a teen mom. Um, we struggled financially. I endured uh, child sexual abuse from there. I went on, graduated from high school at 17 years of age, went to college, uh, got into a relationship that was very unhealthy. Um, in that relationship, I endured uh, physical abuse. I was also stalked. And then fast forward to that, got out of that, um, moved to Georgia. I earned my, my master's degree in social work, began working, got married. conscious effort to rise above the challenge. Welcome to another inspiring episode of Podcast with Sheila, the podcast that is spreading positivity around the world by sharing inspiring life experiences. Today's guest is a professor at Purdue University and operates a successful personal and professional development training company. Dr. Jessica Houston will be sharing with us some personal life stories and experiences that shaped her to the woman she is today. Hello, Jessica, and welcome to Podcast with Sheila. Hello, Sheila. I am so excited to be here. It's a privilege to host you today. So in brief, who is Jessica? Where does she come from? Stuff like that before we set the ball. Yes. So, oh gosh, there's a reason why I have two books. (laughs) (laughs) I've uh, I've experienced uh, so many things, but uh, short form is, I grew up in South Florida, born to a teen mom. Um, We struggled financially. I endured uh, child sexual abuse from there. I went on, graduated from high school at 17 years of age, went to college, uh, got into a relationship that was very unhealthy. Um, In that relationship, I endured uh, physical abuse. I was also stalked. And then fast forward to that, got out of that, um, moved to Georgia. I earned my my master's degree in social work, began working, got married, struggled with depression. Um, So many things I've I've endured. But I believe that what really changed everything for me was having my daughter and realizing that I did not want her to repeat a lot of the mistakes that I had made. Um, Even though I was dealing with depression, with low self-confidence, I attempted suicide at one point. I can say that I still had a drive and an urge to do well because of my upbringing. So whenever you grow up in lack, you're going to do two things. One you're going to repeat the cycle too. You're going to say, I will not let that happen to me. And so I was on the flip side of, I'm going to do what I have to do to make sure that I don't have to ever struggle like that again. And that's really what pushed me to go to school and earn a master's degree and ultimately a PhD, start my business and so forth. Wow. It's impressive to hear that you went through all of these you know, for me, I'll call them the major three, depression and all of that. And yet still, it did not break you. Rather, you were able to turn it around into something positive to what we are seeing today. And now you empower other people to start their businesses, 
Is that it? Yes, yes. So I do, my, my focus has been on speaking. I, I've always been shy. I've always been an introvert. And if anyone would have told me that I would be writing a book, that I would be speaking, I'd be like, no way. <laughs> I just could not bring myself to do it. And I've been doing it for 10 years. I still get nervous before I get on the stage. But I know that it's not really about me. It's really about me helping others to become the best version of themselves. And so I actually have a, a, a new membership program called Elite Speakers. And this is where I actually help those who want to get into coaching and speaking. Great. Impressive. Most of the things you said there, I resonated all of them. You know, sometimes you tend to think that um, I do podcasting. I've interviewed quite a number of people and all that. But anytime I have to, like I'm put on a spot or I have to mount a stage and make a speech or talk, I the nerves hit in. And for a good two, three minutes, it's still there. I hear it in my voice and all that until, you know, so it makes total sense what you just said over there. But what advice would you give to an aspiring or emerging entrepreneur? Yeah, so I would say the, the most important thing is to know what it is that you want to accomplish. Like, what is your vision? What is your focus? Who is your ideal client? Who is your target audience? Because I think a lot of times we just jump in and we don't get the foundational pieces together because this is the thing. It looks exciting. It looks glamorous. But let me tell you, I have had some sleepless nights of tossing and turning. I've had, you know, some disappointments. Just so many things have happened that I realized that, you know what, you've got to have that foundation together. There is no, oh, I want to be a coach and now I'm just a coach. No, what kind of coach? Who are you going to be coaching? Are you doing grief coaching? Are you doing leadership coaching? Are you a speaker coach? So you really want to be clear because if you're not, you're going to be talking to everyone. And if you're talking to everyone, you're not going to find the people who really are attracted to you, the people who really want to work with you. You got to speak directly to them. Mm -hmm. I always say it's almost like when you hear a sermon or a speaker, you're like, oh my goodness, I feel like they're talking directly to me. That's the way that you want to talk to your ideal client. Before I ask who your ideal clients are, I can sense the passion in your voice and the way you talk about it. My belief is because you've experienced it. So when you talk about it to people, you know exactly what you're talking about. And for me, you are a lesson. No, are you a lesson? You are. When people see you, they know that she's been through it. I can see what she's been through. She, well, she talks about the scars. I may see the scars or may not see the scars, but from her voice, I know she's been through it. So when she's telling me something, she knows what she's talking about. And I sense that in your voice as you speak, very, very encouraging. So who are your ideal clients? Do you work with students? I think a part of your bio that I read was like, you work with students. Do you work with students and what do you do with them? What kind of help do you offer them? So, yes, and thank you for that. Um, I am passionate because, again, of everything that I've gone through, and I know what it's like to have a vision, have a dream, and just, like, not know how to make it happen. Exactly. And I, I've invested, if I can be really transparent, like, I've yeah. invested tens of thousands of dollars into my business and courses and conferences and coaches and 
Some of it helped, and some of it, it was just like I was donating money. <laughs> what is this? Yeah. So I, I think that's why I, I like to make sure that when someone is working with me, that they are getting exactly what it is that they are expecting to get. Yeah. No, I can't do the work for you, but I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that you accomplish your goals. But back to my ideal client is basically coaches, authors, speakers, those who are experts or thought leaders. They are individuals who desire to build authority. They yeah. desire to speak with confidence and they desire to monetize their expertise on and off the stage. And I believe that that's what sets me apart from a lot of individuals who teach speaking. They can, they can teach you how to get a speaking engagement. Maybe you can get paid for it. But I think it's also important to understand how to build a coaching practice, how to create digital courses, how to write a book so that if you're not speaking, because some months you might get three or four speaking engagements, some months you might not get any, yeah. or you may only get one, but if you have a family to take care of, or even if it's just you, yeah. you need to be able to have consistent income. And so that's why it's important to have multiple revenue streams. And that's what I teach my clients. Ah, beautiful. So what business mistakes have, uh, have given you the biggest lessons in life? The business, I would say the first one, uh, and when I pair this with my, my background of growing up in lack and poverty, but also my social work background, which is basically we are working with individuals who are typically struggling financially, emotionally. So I came in with a mindset that people cannot afford to pay me. Yeah. And so I came in with that mindset and I would set a price, but I, I never would charge anybody the prices that I set because if I heard a little bit of a pause or mm, I would be thinking, okay, they think this is too much. Oh, and I'll say, well, you know what? It's $97, but actually for you, yeah. $47. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Because I didn't want to experience that rejection. Mm. And, and in my, I just thought, you know what? They cannot afford this. Yeah. And even when it came to my speaking, it was the same way. Oh. I found myself um, constantly doing that or offering people um, something that should have been a lot more money and I would offer it for almost free just like okay I just want to help them yeah. and it, wanting to help is great but at the end of the day your bills are going to keep exactly mm. yeah yeah and so you got and, and that's what I had to realize course because once those people have been helped they just walk away and like you said the bills will be smiling at you you still have to figure out how to pay it so something will have to push for that to happen what is what inspires you to keep going when you feel like giving up oh gosh um really it's it's my passion and my desire to help others mm. because honestly there is always something that I'm dealing with in life. Like we all want a perfect life, but yeah. it just doesn't happen that way. Life happens. You experience losses, you experience disappointments, rejection, hurt, and you have to have that why, that reason. Yeah. So for me, it is my passion, but also I want to make sure that I'm setting a good example 
for my daughter and that I'm able to leave a legacy for her so that she can see that, you know what, my mom doesn't start something and give up on it. She, She finishes what she starts. Wow. So in effect, your daughter seems to be your kind of energy. She seems to help you move on every time, make something, turn it around positively just because of her. And it's a beautiful thing uh, because sometimes we go through things, have a child, and rather instead of seeing the child as a blessing, someone will say, if it wasn't you, I'll probably be doing, you know, I'll be doing that, I'll be doing that. And the child will be blamed for everything. But in your case, the spotlight is actually on her. It's because of her, this is done. And I think it's really, really beautiful and very encouraging. But in your opinion, what is one of the biggest obstacles to success? Yeah, so, um, so okay, I'll definitely talk about the biggest obstacle to success. But I want to also insert the reason why um, I have so much love, joy, and admiration around being a mom is because I have had multiple losses. A lot of women don't talk about this, but multiple miscarriages. um, We dealt with infertility. And so I didn't know if I would be able to be a mom. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes women who are able to just have babies and never experience that, they don't necessarily understand yeah. the deep-rooted pain mm. associated with that. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's why I light up when I talk about my daughter because I know for a fact yeah. that she is blessing. And even after her, I, I had additional losses. So it's like I understand that this is a gift. And so, yes, that's definitely one of my um, my inspirations. I resonate with you over there. People who have experienced multiple losses understand this kind of thing. I've experienced multiple losses. and So I seriously understand. And like you said, people have never experienced it. Sometimes they see you and they tend to put a tag on you. But that is besides the point. But when you have your children, you value them more because you know what you've been through. Like my, my little girl, every time I see her, I give her a kiss or I give her a hug. And I think I've said this multiple times on the platform. And I don't know why I do it, but I think it's just because of the things I went through before I had her, because I had a loss. I actually had a stillbirth before I got pregnant with her. So all of that, when I see her, it's like an outpour of all the love from, you know, onto her. And I do that. And she's very fond of me. She's always around me and things like that. So I I seriously understand where you're coming from. When I look at them, I cannot feel them. So I know where you're coming from with that. I can never feel my children. I look at them and it's like, I have to do more. I have to do more. They can't, the things I've been through, I don't want them to go through it. So every step of the way, every decision I make, I have them at the back of my mind. I'm doing it for them first, even before me, you know, but I consider myself just because I have to be in the good health to be able to do the good things for them. But it's because of them. I do. So I totally understand where you're coming from. How do you overcome the fear of public speaking? Yeah, so, um, oh gosh, I thank you for sharing that. It literally almost um, brought me to tears just Mm. to know just how much we have in common. Uh, That's just something that a lot of women don't talk about, but it's so, so important. Um, And then I want to also touch on, because I know I I can get carried away when I start talking. (laughs) That's that's fine. (laughs) But I I 
your first question about um, that one of the biggest obstacles to success, Puppets. Yeah. Okay. I would say for that, um, I believe that it's giving up too easily. Yeah. Mm. Because a lot of times we want things to happen immediately. And I'm an achiever, so it's like, I want it yesterday. It's <laughs> like, if it didn't happen, and I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. I thought it, I would be here by now. And so yeah. I get really frustrated. And so even now, I have to, like, take a step back and say, all right, Jessica, you've accomplished this, 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 and this. So just pace yourself. So I would say that to those who are aspiring and emerging. A lot of times you are comparing your starting point to someone who's been doing this five yeah. or ten yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. And it's unfair to you exactly. to feel like if you start today within three months, six months, even a year, that you will have a business that's really making you a lot of money. Yeah. So there are a lot of steps that you have to take. Uh, there are a lot of risks that you have to take. And so do not give up too easily on yourself. And if you are willing to hang in there when it gets tough, trust me you will eventually get to where you want to go. But most people don't make it, not because they can't, but because they get frustrated with themselves and they they give up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, um, definitely wanted to answer that. And then the other one you asked was oh. overcoming the fear of public speaking. Exactly. So for that, um, yeah. And, and the, the, the truth is, the only way to overcome is to do it. <laughs> so people don't want to hear that. <laughs> it, it's true. <laughs> it's but, true. Yeah. You get, you get better and better every single time you do it. And for me, the only thing that helped me was to be prepared. So uh, I would always practice my speech from start to finish a minimum of four times mm. when I first started. Mm. And that was from me saying my name or however I was going to open up um, all the way to my clothes. And just for a tip, I always open up with something that will grab the audience's attention. So that's either you're going to like tell a story or say, repeat after me, have them do affirmations, ask them a question. So I would always, but I would have my entire presentation done on PowerPoint, ready to go. And I would go through it from start to finish four times so that when I get on that stage, you know, sometimes when you're nervous, you, you might forget what you're supposed to say, but if it's already in you, you'll, you'll be able to move past it. So for me, it was always making sure that I was prepared and then continually putting myself in a position where I am speaking. So I would ask to speak, even if I wasn't getting paid just to get the practice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for I used I used to do that a number of times, and even sometimes t take um, preach at church. Then I stopped. Then I want to pick it up again because for some reason I think that I've I've not been on the stage for a while. So I said, okay, let me take up reading at church. And the first time it was as if I've never done it before, because I I did it and I stopped and trying to do it again. It was as if my nerves had just kicked in. But one thing I see about, I, I don't like to put down, you know, do a presentation before a speech. I like to speak from the top of my head. So whatever comes, and I flow that way. So I think that everybody needs to identify what works for them. You know, what puts you in the flow. That is what worked for me. I'll probably have like bullet points knowing from this, I'm going to this one. That's all I need. Sometimes I don't even need it, but I just 
from in my head know what i'm going to be doing there and then i just get into it but the thing for me now because i've done it in a long while is my nerves and i need sometimes two minutes five minutes to kick out the nerves for me to flow and that is what i really need but you, you shared good points over there and i totally agree with you what will what will if you had one wish for this year what will that be and why Is there a particular reason why you'd like to focus on women and not everyone? Yes, yes. And I do. I have a lot of men clients that I work with because a lot of men also want to be in the speaking industry. But I think women are close to heart. My first book is titled Women's Secrets. It's time to stop suffering in silence. I think the difference is men most times are pretty confident in themselves for women i find that i have to like pull pull it out of them yeah. and and when i'm when i'm working with women what i hear a lot is i'm not able to be myself i'm afraid of being judged mm. i'm afraid that if i show up the way that i want to show up that people in my community are going to talk about me mm. and a lot of times we're impacted by our upbringing that women are supposed to be silent. We're not supposed to speak up. We're not supposed to want to have a business. And so I think that's why I'm so passionate about wanting to help women because I understand that women are more likely to just keep their dream on the back burner and just focus on, on their family, on their spouse, on their children, but not themselves. You're totally right. And that bit about, um, yes, women are being are scared of being judged. I will say that they are judging you anyway. Yeah. Whatever you do, they will judge you, good or bad. So just be you and allow them to judge. Give them a job to do. And that's what I always say. Just give I them a job that. to do. Yeah. Let them judge. And as you do it, as they do it, show up tall, show up smiling, show up confident. And then they'll begin to wonder what is making you what they see and would want to join you. I've experienced it so many times and I will give you more to talk about. When I see you're talking, I'll definitely give you more to talk about. So if anybody is listening, when they are talking, they'll talk anyway. So just give them more to talk about. And with time, they'll be wondering what is giving you so much confidence and not breaking you because they expect you to break. Yes. So then they'll come around and will now be looking for answers from you. Jessica. As we wrap up, what will your final message be to our listeners? 
Yes. My, my message is to first and foremost, believe in your ability to accomplish any goal that you set for yourself. Yeah. A lot of times we look at other people and we say, oh, it's easy for Sheila. Oh, it's easy for Dr. Jessica. But we had to overcome some of the same fears, some of the same hurdles, some of yeah. the same rejection, <laughs> some of the same pain, some of the same doubt. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage you to believe in you and to actually go after what it is that you are saying that you want. There is no reason why you have to stay where you are right now. If you are not happy with where you are, you do not have to stay there. Exactly. Exactly. I like the closing. We would like to say a massive thank you for coming on podcast with Sheila today. Thank you so much for having me. I had a wonderful time. It was a delight. If you've been listening in, this is season two, episode 56 of our podcast series, where we've been bringing your way seasoned guests with inspiring real life stories to share with us. Do not miss out on all these lovely experiences. Subscribe and be notified when a new episode is released. Whilst at it, please drop us a rating. We have a video presentation of this episode on our YouTube channel. Just search for podcast with Sheila on YouTube and you'll find us. Our prayer for you this week is that you rise above all obstacles in life. Until we meet again, have a brilliant day.